right. Hello. Welcome to episode 235 of Sack Kings Therapy. We are coming to you directly after the Kings beat the Grizzlies, uh, 113 to 109. And yeah, that score is as close as it sounds, even though it really shouldn't have. Yeah, we just went through quite a stressful game, to say the least. Uh, let's, you, you know what, let, let's start from, let's start from the beginning. With me, uh, he watched, he watched it with me, Fall. Hello. Okay, so before this game uh, happened earlier in the day, so he, job ja was upgraded to, from doubtful to questionable. And then all of a sudden, right before game time, he was ready to play. <laughs> Just out of nowhere. So apparently he was actually, uh, before the doubtful diagnosis, he was um, originally going to be out. Then he got upgraded to doubtful. But then there was also a report that I read saying he was week to week. Like not even day to day, but week to week. And then all of a sudden he goes to doubtful. Then he goes to questionable. And all of a sudden, he's just playing. And yeah, we got to see Jaw this game. Yeah, maybe he thought, you know, he could prove us wrong and, you know, give us our first loss of the streak. So, yeah, I was kind of surprised to see him. I, I really thought he wouldn't be back for quite a while. That's what everybody thought. But I think he had some com- kind of comments say, basically saying, yeah, I'm different. Yeah, I mean, okay. he, he... All right. Yeah, <laughs> now, I'm not going to disagree at all. I mean, I just watched him play. He, he he's not he's not he's not your typical you know normal human being to say the least uh so let's just kind of quickly kind of go through the game it it was a fast-paced affair but the first thing i noticed about this game is that the grizzlies are so big at every position like jaw is pretty small for the most part but like their shooting guard is dylan brooks he's listed at six seven even though he's probably like six five six six but like he's a bit he's a big guard and then you go to like the small forwards. Um, so they started John Conchar, and he's a good six seven. You know, at small forward, that's okay. But when when it gets to the power forward in the center position, the team is so goddamn big. You have Stephen Adams in the middle. You have Jaron Jackson, and if you just kind of line these up with the Kings front court, they just simply outsize the Kings. Like Jaron Jackson could not be guarded by Harrison Barnes. He was basically unstoppable for most of the night. He barely missed. And yeah, it was just like jarring just to see kind of how big their team was. Yeah, it's like pretty much, I want to say for most throughout the game, we, we couldn't do anything within the pain. There's there's like no doubt about that. Like we had to lure them away from the pain just for us to even get in and they did a really great job protecting that paint. Yeah, like Jaron Jackson, he's basically a seven foot wing. Like he's he's a big man, but he plays like a wing. He's kind of just behind, like you know, Robert Williams probably as kind of that you know mobile rim protector. And yeah, like we always talk about, could have had a Luca, but honestly, had the Kings just picked Jaron Jackson Jr., they'd probably be a pretty damn good team right now. So you know, fucked up on that one. Good, good on Jaron Jackson. Anyways, despite all of that, despite the Kings just just getting out-muscled and just out-rebounded for much of the game, the Kings came to play. This is kind of the this is kind of the thing with the Kings that can get a little frustrating. They play down to to their competition's level. Like again, the Pistons game, you let them score one twenty nine on you, despite them being the twenty nine worst worst offense in the league. But when it comes to game time, like when you play against a a great team like the Grizzlies, they came to play. 
and they matched their energy. They were able to, you know, get get pretty quite a few stops, and those stops, you know, led to a lot of fast break points to so that they could, you know, score in transition and not have to face the half court defense of the Grizzlies as much. But even when they faced it, they moved the ball around. They did. They just ran their offense to perfection, and they and they had the Grizzlies on their heels. And also in a game where even though they shot pretty well from three, even though it didn't feel like it, they missed so many open looks that honestly, this game should have been a 20 point blowout had they kind of just made more threes. Uh, wait, are we talking about the Kings or the Grizzlies open threes? No, the Kings open threes. They got mm. so many of them. Like they made 15 this game, which is a pretty decent amount, but so many of them were wide open because the, the Grizzlies swarming defense just packs the paint and just traps guys and it leaves certain guys open like and also like the guys they left open it's not like they left Chemezi Beto open for like 10 threes it was like Terrence Davis Malik Monk like um Kevin Herter like a lot of guys were open but they just couldn't hit, hit shots yeah it's like most of the bench I guess besides Monk of course was able to hit freeze but into transition and when uh, you know, the Grizzlies had a lot of turnovers during, especially during that third quarter. Uh, they actually kind of capitalized on that at least. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, just just being able to, to take advantage of those mistakes that the Grizzlies made, the Kings were able to really kind of not shut down the Grizzlies, but they really were able to defend them very, very well. And again, they had, they had you know, mismatches all over the floor. Like Dylan Brooks was despite just being just one of the funniest players to watch. Like, he he kind of got going a little bit. Jared Jackson could not be guarded by Harrison Barnes at, again. And, you know, like, all around, they had mismatches. But they, the Kings were able to, you know, hold, hold still and just be able to kind of weather a lot of those storms. And then, again, be able to get out in transition and get easy buckets and not having to go up against that defense. Mm-hmm. And this this game like really showed you like the Kings what they could be at their best again moving the ball beautifully playing good enough defense and when they play good defense it makes their offense even better and again they got on transition for easy buckets and just not and just again they missed a bunch of open threes and you know still won this game we'll we'll talk about the late game later but you know this is kind of this is the Kings at their best and again it's not even actually their best because they missed a lot of open threes. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's just like pretty off night for some players. So hopefully we'll bounce back in tomorrow's game, which is going to be another early one, huh? Yeah, it will be an early one. We'll get to that later. But it's just good to see them fight hard and, you know, rise to the occasion. And, Mm -hmm. you know, they have it in them. They still got they still got a lot to work on. We'll talk about that later. But it's good to be able to see them take a top Western Conference. Now, granted, they were without Desmond Bain, and Desmond Bain would have changed this game. Like you, you beat the, you beat the teams in front of you, and you know even without Jaw, like I was expecting Jaw not to play, but like I was, I had said the Grizzlies are going to be tough, and they were the Kings are going to have to work for it, and they made them work for it. Oh yeah, that's for sure. All right, so they basically dominated the Grizzlies, basically starting from like the kind of the middle of the second quarter all the way until about the fourth quarter. And now let's talk about that fourth quarter. The Kings, so De'Aaron Fox scores a floater to go up 11 with 2.51 to go. In the preceding, in the preceding, 
three minutes, like just under three minutes, the Kings would have four turnovers. One where uh, Job back taps Herder. I believe that that made it a seven point game. Malik Monk then proceeds to throw the ball away, trying to get it to Fox on the next um, defensive, next offensive possession. They, they cut the lead to five. And then Herder, and then I for, I don't remember what exactly happens. Herder then throws it away again, trying to get it to Fox. And for better or for worse, a lot of these involve De'Aaron. And on the fourth final turnover, Fox is trapped, just doesn't handle the trap very well. He's basically waiting to get fouled, throws it away to Tyus Jones. It leads to, I believe, a jaw and one, if I remember right. And yeah, basically the Kings, despite being up 11, found a way to just about give away the game. Yeah, luckily... Grizzlies never led during that uh, encounter. I believe we tied once. I want if I would to not in the end, no, not in the end. Okay, but it was a one possession for sure. Yeah, and, I believe they got as close to two. I believe was as close as it got. Yeah, and credit to the Grizzlies. Like man, they were pressing us hard. Like I, I give the I didn't think the Grizzlies defense had it in them, but they really. Are like a great defense to play. Yeah, you need you need to watch like Grizzlies basketball because I watched them last year, like Steiny, the Golden State Warriors. It was their toughest series because, and they showed in this game, they are so big and so long and so aggressive on defense. Like I I described it, it's a swarming defense. Like if they get. It, I feel like the scheme that they have is that if they can get the ball handler to a certain spot, they immediately trap and their long arms and just a gr- overall aggression just forces, just absolutely suffocates the ball handler. And there's just, and it's incredible to watch them play defense. And they turn it up to 11 during that, uh, during that two, three minute stretch. And like the Kings did not handle it well at all. And yeah, just about, just about took the game. Oh, like at the very end because of it. And, you know, had Jod not missed, like the last play, uh, De'Aaron doesn't really foul Jod, but they call a three-shot a three shot foul. That was a bullshit call. But luckily, Jod misses the first free throw and, so, and then proceeds to do a lane violation. So Kings escaped this one. But again, the, the Grizzlies made them work for it. Yeah, like, man, Jod had, like, what, 19 points? just in the fourth quarter alone yeah if he made let's see he only missed six three throws which is pretty abnormal correct the yeah he's a good free throw shooter yeah i mean if he made a more yeah this game would have been totally different he is a force of nature just all on his own and i'm i imagine he's not fully healthy yet um you know just coming back from an ankle injury as a guy that has suffered ankle injuries it's it's rough and it's amazing that he came back so fast but like yeah he like for much of the game, I felt he was a little off. He like he got blocked like quite a few times, um, and just looked didn't look as aggressive as he needed to be, probably because of the ankle. But he turned it up in the fourth and just caught during that stretch. It felt like he got ten points within that stretch alone, because mm-hmm. like that's how that's how well like everything was going. And yeah, the Kings ultimately escaped this game with the win. You could argue, arguably, they almost don't deserve this win because it's just how bad that final stretch was. But here, here's what I'll say: the Kings are still learning how to win, and you know for sure that the that players they they know Fox knows he done fucked up in that in that final stretch. 
And Mike Brown is going to let them know. He's going to teach them how to actually handle these situations. And hopefully they learn from this experience. Because guess what? Like, if the Kings are going to make the playoffs, this is the kind of shit they're going to have to go up against. Yeah. I mean, this is a great learning experience for sure for this team. And, yeah, hopefully we'll never, ever see this again. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Look, I, if we do see this again, I hope they handle it different. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, sure, they won this game. But, man, uh, the Grizzlies made them work for it, and they ultimately escaped. But you, you, to be a winning team, you got to know how to deal with these things. And it looks like De'Aaron just got rattled by how he was being trapped. And just, yeah, he needs to, he need, he needs to figure this out. You know, he's, he's really making a, a great bid for the All-Star team right now. And, you know, you're finally kind of on the national stage. Like, Twitter is, talk, is actually talking about you now. So, you know, this is, you're, the, you know, you got to be ready for prime time. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the individual players a little bit. Fox was incredible. Like, we we keep shitting on Fox down the shred. He was incredible this game. Like, he took something personally against Dylan Brooks. Like, he he got two or three step-back threes right in Dylan Brooks's face and was just constantly attacking. He could not be stopped at all. He was the best player out there. It's just it's just unfortunate that final stretch happened. But up until then, like, he was incredible. Like, five for eight from three this game, like, Basically, like the team didn't even the team really didn't shoot well from three, and amazing enough, he hit the most threes during this game. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm gonna give no doubts that Fox will like you know he'll he'll always produce. Uh, I feel like for each and every game, and so far he hasn't had a pretty like down game uh, during this stretch. Like you definitely don't notice as much as he misses anymore. Like. Even like I can always rely on him to hit a few threes. Like that Detroit game for much of the game, the rest of the team wasn't shooting well, but he was like the most trust, like he was the guy I trusted most shooting a three. Yeah. I actually wonder what, what's his three point percentage this uh, season alone? It's in the high 30s. And after this game, probably like closer to probably a little bit closer to 40. I think it's like 38 the last time I checked. Mm, I mean, that's pretty good compared to last season. I'm pretty sure. And like again, he—it's not like he's forcing these kinds of shots. Although some of the shots he hit on on Brooks, like it, it was incredible. <laughs> it doesn't feel forced, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Barnes, like he's—he's kind of got his mojo back. Like twenty-six points. Like what? Got a got a few big boy big boy layups, and you know hit four threes. Even though it felt like he missed a lot of open ones, it, it just felt like that type of game. But. Yeah, he's rediscovering his mojo. He's attacking the basket. He's he got eight free throws this game, and then yeah, like just you know, as you as you always call him, Mister Overliable. Yeah, especially during the stretch. I mean, he played. I'm, I I want to say he. I keep on forgetting, but he played most of the fourth quarter, and yeah, those free throws that he made towards the end were very very clutch. Yeah, and you know, you know, I know we have like a little bit of PTSD from him just missing so many free throws to start to start the season, but yeah. it's clear that that was an anomaly. Mm-hmm. And he's pretty much back to his normal self. Um, Kevin Herter had an efficient 18 points, uh, made four threes, just kind of did a little bit of everything. And you know, he's he's kind of becoming a reliable force all on his own. Even like if his shot isn't going down, he's contributing in other ways. And in this game, his shot did go down, and he played very well. Yeah, he he actually did really well on defense as well. Uh, if I remember, uh, 
he, he got a block on Jaw that was pretty impressive. Like you know, just being able to just get a hand on a layup. He he was good. He was good this game. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, Malik had another good game, just being a really good initiator and creator. He had some really nice dimes to uh, Sabonis. Like he he's finding his niche to say the least. Uh, and you know, talk about finding his niche. Like Chemezi Metsu continues to impress. Like just does his thing out there. Doesn't take bad shots and just. You know, on defense, like just like everyone else, was absolutely being destroyed by Jaron Jackson, but that wasn't his fault. Like he's he's just not big enough to really handle him. But otherwise, he was really good. Just found the open spot and just you know was ready to catch the pass and just dunk it or lay it in. Yeah, it's too bad uh, that we don't have a a big man like a true center to uh, you know help uh, against uh, Jaron Jackson and uh, Stephen Adams, but. I don't know. Like, do you think we would ever need that kind of guy? That's tricky because Jaron Jackson is a human is is like a mismatch just by himself. Like, I remember him. He had a quite a quite a bit of success like against Draymond last year. And Draymond is the best defender in the league, and he has trouble guarding him just because he's about six inches shorter. Like, there's not much you can do. Like the, I mean, I had mentioned to you. Last year, Mo Harkless defended him really well, and that's the kind of guy you probably need against Jaron Jackson. But like th- those guys can be a little bit hard to find. I don't know if they're just gonna straight up sign um, Mo Harkless just for um, just for Jaron Jackson, but mm-hmm. it's an option. Yeah, it is. Uh, sadly, we don't get to see much of Chima or KZ. So KZ probably actually would be a good option. Actually, mm-hmm. now that you mention it. Because, like, you need kind of a wing guy. And Barnes isn't long enough, like, weirdly enough. Like, dude has a 6'11", wingspan is 6'8". But, like, he just isn't big enough for him. And maybe KZ would be a guy you can put on him. Uh, maybe. Uh, um. Yeah, so, okay. So, this is the first seven-game streak. Yes, uh, the Kings moved to um, seven games in a row. Uh, I do. I have not found if they have lit the beam or not. I am not sure. Oh. But let me just check really quick. It looks like they did, I think. I can't I can't tell if that's a live shot or not. But um, so, yeah, the Kings win seven straight. This is the first seven-game winning streak for the Kings since November 2004. So, yeah, just we Kings keep winning, and they're, fi- they're finding their kind of niche. They're on fire right now. Everybody's talking about them. Oh, yeah, let's keep this up and hopefully we'll snag a win against Atlanta, which on a back to back, I I'm yeah. That's kinda, tough. That's yeah, tough. Is they're they're doing good as well. So <laughs> weirdly enough, one of the worst three point shooting teams in the league. Oh. Well they're not the worst, right? Are they, they like twenty nine. They're like twenty nine. Oh okay. It's bad. I don't <laughs> yeah, know that's... how, but they're bad. You know, there's one guy that could help them, you know. They're on, he's on the Kings now for some reason, but you know mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> uh we'll see i mean if we know anything about the kings um we could uh you know give them a bounce back game and have them hit like 20 freeze trey young shooting 39 percent this year like just under 40 percent yeah yeah that's 30 percent from three that actually doesn't surprise me he takes some awful ones but wow John Collins has become a bit of a pumpkin. Um, I don't know what's going on with him. I mean, granted, dude's been a trade rumor since like the 1900s, it feels like. So, <laughs> you know, after a while, it, it's probably going to get to you. Oh, yeah. 
Um, okay, let's talk a little bit about the Grizzlies. We talked about Jaw. Jaw was just Jaw. <laughs> like, I, there's no no real way to really describe it. Although, I this is probably the first time he's re, he's played really well against the Kings. Oh, yeah. Now that you mention it, this is definitely one first times in recent memory uh, that he played well against us. I mean, disregarding the free throws, yeah, I, I don't remember him scoring more than 20 against us. And the, the, he has scored like tw- in the mid twenties against the Kings a bunch, but like it, it's not jaw, like jaw games. He's yeah. never had like that jaw game, and this was a jaw game. You know, to uh, you know, I'm just gonna call him Dimitri. It's just weird calling jaw, but basically, he he never needs to really play well against the Kings because someone else would usually do it. Like Dylan Brooks could usually go off against the Kings. Desmond Bain, he, he's injured, which is why. Probably Dimitris has to actually like score so much, but this is this was a this was I think the first like true signature game from him against the Kings. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and it it's, it doesn't have much to do with the Kings. He just he just never needs to do it. No, oh, no, he he was like slicing and dicing us. But he you know the Kings did do a pretty good job I think overall. Oh yeah, um, J- Dylan Brooks <laughs> just. Just a hilarious player to watch, honestly. I don't know what it is with him. He had some of the worst turnovers I've ever seen, like, again, that a professional has ever made. There was one layup. He went up against Kevin Herter, and I swear to God, he threw it against the rubber part of the of the backboard. And then there's, like, just multiple times where he's going on a fast break and just loses the ball for no reason. And then uh, for some reason, he's taking fadeaway threes uh, in the corner despite shooting, oh, yep, checks notes, 0 for 3 from 3 this game. And then also 6 for 16. He is, he's a bit much. Yeah, hey, don't forget about that bullet pass like two feet away from Um, his teammate. Yes, there was a pass he tried to get to Brandon Clark, but literally threw a a missile just out of bounds. And just what in the hell is he doing on offense a lot half the time? But like, and that takes away from him. Like, just he's a great defender. I mean, granted, he got kind of torched by De'Aaron this game, but it's not because like he wasn't playing good defense. It's just like De'Aaron's gonna De'Aaron, but he's a great defender. But just so like, legitimately one of the worst offensive players I've ever seen. Yeah, he definitely should <laughs> give some of his uh, field goals to uh, someone else. Definitely, and that's a guy that shot sixteen times this game, mind you. Like, he should not be taking sixteen. This is not. Like imagine if Job wasn't around, he probably would shoot like thirty shots, and every single shot I would be so happy with. Yeah, hopefully, if Desmond Bain comes back, he'll take some away from him. But I feel like he's still gonna like shoot this many anyway. Stephen Adams, like he always has amazing stat lines because he doesn't look to score at all. He had five points. You want to guess how many rebounds he had? I'm already looking at the box. Score. Oh, okay. Well, you know, so he got sixteen rebounds. Because he can, he's huge. One for four from the free throw line, though, not no good. Although he did make one that was pretty big um, down the stretch. Um, yeah. Where we talked about Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, a- anyone else you want to quickly shout out? Mm, not to my knowledge. I mean, it, really, this game was all about Jaw because that fourth quarter, like he was, he was pushing the train to a comeback. Uh, Tyus Jones, I think, had the fir- had his first like not great game against the Kings, minus eleven. 
you know, he still he still does things to the Kings because he's such a fundamentally sound player. But like he, you know, like he just didn't really have a great game. Just wasn't his three for nine this game. Two for five from three, though. Mm-hmm. So okay. All right. Well, that's all I have for the Grizzlies game. The Kings take on Atlanta tomorrow. And hopefully they come to they come to play. And maybe, you know, like if if John Collins wants to wants to audition for the Kings, you know, why not? I mean, at this point, I don't know. I mean, it'd be nice to have him. It's just I don't want to give him. I'm, I'm not give. I'm not giving up anything for him. That's the yeah. problem. Like I'm not giving up Barnes for him at this point. No, no, no. Or maybe <laughs> he proved. Maybe he proves us wrong. Maybe he's saying like we gotta we gotta trade the farm for him. Mm, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. I mean, there's still time in terms of uh, the trade deadline, anyway. But there is. Grizzly shot 19 from 30 from three. That's like a king stat line right there. Jeez, that's that's efficient. Wait. 19 for 30? No, that's not efficient. Oh shoot, I'm looking at the wrong. <laughs> oh, never mind. I'm looking at the wrong uh, stat line. I'm sorry. Well, anyways, the Kings kind of got the game that they that they had to win. Like this, if they had blown this game, like that is an 0-3 road trip right there. But now that they won this one. I I I they can they have a 50-50 chance of taking the Atlanta game. The tough ones the tough one to win is like the Boston game because Boston's such a monster. But hey, like the Kings continue to win and let's see if they can kind of steal a win in Atlanta. Yeah, you never know. Don't stay out late, guys. Granted, I think you guys are gonna get there like at like one in the morning, so you won't have time to go out, I think. So you know, ch- fo- focus on the game. You guys can visit um, Atlanta in the off season. Yeah, I don't know how long the flights are, but I mean, going from there or from Tennessee to Georgia, then all the way to Boston for I think it was Boston's Friday game. Uh, Boston is Friday. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. the two day is two days apart. Yeah, and I don't know. Do they celebrate Thanksgiving with family or? Well, probably not this year, or maybe they flew their family out with them. Mm. Oh. Um, well, like they're, they're gonna have Thanksgiving. We'll just see like how that goes. Oh yeah, I'm I'm trying to find out on the map how far Memphis is from Atlanta right now. I want to say it's not that far. Maybe like four hours. No. So it's a it's a five hour it's about a six hour drive it's about one one and one hour and ten minutes for a flight. Okay, I I really overestimated that then. Yeah, so it's not that far off. And then Boston's actually really far drive or far. Uh, Boston's really far away actually. Hmm. No. Well, that well that's why they have a really you know that's why they have to wait a day for that yeah. trip. So. I mean, it's a Thanksgiving break. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, we'll co- well after the commercial break, you'll be hearing from us about the Atlanta Hawks game. Oh yeah. All right. the The streak is over. The Kings lose to the Atlanta Hawks, one fifteen to one hundred six. Um, overall, it was a bit of a sloppy game. You could clearly kind of tell that Kings, like they were running a little bit out of gas. They Came out kind of sloppy, um, just you know, turning the ball over a bunch, not really hitting open shots. They didn't actually get a lot of open shots either. Um, just 
overall, the streak is now over, um, and somewhat expected to a certain degree, would you say? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, on a back-to-back, I'm pretty sure these guys are tired. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we did what we could, in my opinion. Like, uh, But I feel like on the defensive end, it's still kind of like, you know, the same problems that we keep uh, seeing recur. Yeah, and uh, yeah, basically they came out not interested in playing much of any defense. They scored okay for the most part, but again, a bit sluggish, a bit mistake prone. But had they just like played, you know, a slither of, of defense, they might have not, you know, let the let the Hawks just get going. And that's what happened. It was they built a big lead. Um, well, not a huge lead. Um, uh, after the first, but like to open the second, they managed to stretch that lead to double digits and. The Kings basically played catch up the rest of the game. Yeah, I mean it is what it is, and uh, hopefully we could, uh, you know, put up a good fight against Boston uh, on Friday, I believe. Yeah, at least they'll get a little bit of rest. Um, so yeah, the, the the Hawks built a big lead. The Kings did threat like they put, started playing better in the second half. They started actually locking down a little bit. Um, so the Atlanta, after scoring thirty five and thirty seven in the first two quarters. They only score 25 in the next quarter, while the Kings uh, score 31. Now, going into the fourth, the Kings had built a teeny bit of momentum, but the same themes were there. They would they would make a little bit of a run and then give a run immediately right back to the Hawks. But they did come in with a little bit of momentum. And, you know, the fourth quarter, like, I think the Hawks were feeling, you know, feeling a little bit tight around the throat a little bit. And they gave the Kings a lot of opportunities to take advantage of like the game was there for the taking the Kings just could not cash in. And that is when you really just felt the second night of a back-to-back. Yeah. And it's too bad because there was like, I want to say quite a few possessions where John Collins was, I'm going to say this now, he was God awful in my opinion. He couldn't hit anything in the paint. Just uh, his hands weren't really there. And, uh, yeah, sadly enough, we couldn't uh, make up for it uh, on the other end. So, I mean, hopefully, like I said, hopefully we'll find uh, that bounce back. Yeah, John, like I'm guessing the trade rumors are bothering him, like whether he wants to admit it or not. It, he he was he's definitely got a lot of he's got a dog in him. I didn't really see it this game. He had a few plays where, like, he really just kind of bull, bulldozed his way to the rim. There was like a really nice and one he had. But other than that, like, yeah, over seven from three, just like he, his confidence isn't really there. Doesn't feel like it. Something is off with him. But yeah, like they played John Collins down the stretch and he just basically just about tried to give the game to the Kings. It's almost like he was trying to audition for the Kings. But yeah, the Kings just like every time they would be given a chance, like they would shoot themselves in the foot by either turning it over, missing, a, missing an open shot or like just not getting a shot off at all. And yeah, then the Hawks would kind of be able to weather that storm and then calm everything down. And again, just could not cash in. And I mean, it's it's good to see the Kings keep fighting, but at a certain point, you know, it's just, it just wasn't there. Like De'Aaron Fox wasn't good this game. Uh, Like, you know, and no one else really showed up. Like Kevin Herter was good, but like, you know, only 10 shots and only hitting four. Just again, second out of a back-to-back, understandable. 
But, you know, this game was there for the taking, and it just kind of sucks that they just were not able to get it together. Oh, yeah. All right. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the individual players. I mentioned Fox was off. Like, he just struggled to get going. And credit to the Atlanta defense. The Atlanta defense did a good job of kind of suffocating him a little bit. You know, like, any anytime, like, he, he tried to get to the basket, there was a rim protector there ready to meet him. And he couldn't even pull up for his mid-range that often because the guy guarding him, like Aaron Holiday, um, Jonte Murray, or like A.J. Griffin, they're like right there behind him, ready to contest from behind. And it really did bug him. And yeah, it just wasn't his game. And then, you know, his passing, like granted, everyone's passing was a little bit off, but he had a, quite a, at least like two um, those head-to-head passes that he just threw out of bounds or like threw to the other team. Just It just wasn't there for him tonight. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. There's always going to be these kind of slums for Fox, especially on the back-to-back. But, uh, I mean, I would say he did what he could on offense. Like you said, those mistakes kind of hindered his performance for sure. Yeah, only three points in the first half. And, you know, 15, 15 in the second half. But, again, just struggled to really put his put his mark on the game like we're used to. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, he did hit some tough shots. But also, it's not all on him. But he was off. The rest of the team couldn't make up for it. And, uh, yeah, just one of those kinds of games. Uh, guys that couldn't get going, Trey Lyles and Malik Monk. Malik Monk had 27 points this game. Like, really strong game. Just one of those one of those games where like it just felt like everything kind of fell fell right for him and he just you know he cuts in the basket for dunks try to really spark the team but it just wasn't enough uh same thing with kind of Trey Lyles Trey Lyles got some pretty crucial rebounds and buckets that that again gave like the Kings an opening to take advantage of but they just couldn't cash in but these guys did their thing but again just one of those nights mm-hmm uh, Sabonis was just a bonus. Just, only thing I want to say is like I want to see him more aggressive. Like he had a good stat line, you know, um, fifteen points, fourteen rebounds, and seven assists, and but only eleven shots. I want to see him take more shots, you know, just because he is like such a low to handle for a lot of people, and just you know, attack the basketball a little more, like be a little bit more selfish. Yeah, I don't remember him shooting. I, I would say around the fifteen mark, I guess, in quite a while. I mean, I guess he toned it down to, you know, allow other guys to, uh, you know, produce. But, yeah, if if the other guys aren't producing, why not produce for yourself, I guess? Yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk a little bit about the Hawks. Um, again, we just talked about John Collins. Just some – he's just off. Like, he has no – like, his shot, he didn't make any threes. And all the threes he took were wide-ass open, 0 for 7. Um, does you, sorry, what? No, geez, I, I I just saw the stat line of zero for seven. That's three for twelve, and yeah, it's it's bad. I don't know what's going on. Like for the sake of, for the sake of the man, just trade him for something, you know? Yeah, I mean, he just, he's he's better than this. I mean, look at his last five games. He he was all right. I mean, he was a. I mean, it looked a lot better than this stat line for sure. But yeah, something about this game kind of like he he wasn't in his head for sure. Or you you mean he was in his head? Or I don't know to say, <laughs> to be honest. English is a hard language. Um DeJounte yeah. Murray wasn't great in terms of efficiency, but he got to his spots like what he needed. He had some pretty like really n- nice step backs and just got to the mid-range. But he but he did defend De- De'Aaron Fox very well. Like 
you know, Fox, Fox had a tough game and he was a big part of it. Just that crazy, ridiculous length, that lateral quickness, just the the hands, just it, it's so it's so disruptive. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Davion did a really good job when he was out there guarding Murray and pretty much uh, didn't allow him any uh, good looks for himself. Yeah, and like Davion will do that, but you know, I I had said during the game they should just call Davion uh, g- give me a screen because that should be his new nickname. Because yeah, somebody get get that man a screen because you are not getting by him one on one, unless your name is like Trey Young and John Moran. Those are the only two that I've seen that like Davion can't really guard. Although they had to use screens to get him off, but um, Trey Young just. He's just Trey Young. Kings could not stop him all night. They defended him terribly in the first half, like just randomly leaving him open for mid-range shots, and he cashed on every single one of them. They they started trapping him in the uh, second half, but he's a guy that's definitely used to that kind of stuff. Like you saw, just how calm he was. He didn't panic. Look for like look for the guy to kind of look for the open guy to kind of pass to to you know unlock the offense. Like you talk about like a winner. Like winning, like winning plays. Trey is built for that kind of built. Trey is built for that kind of offense. If that makes any sense on the defensive end, oh my god, it's a it's a nightmare with him. Just, I talk about De'Aaron Fox, like not you know playing very good defense a lot of time. Trey doesn't even try, doesn't even pretend to play defense. But on offense, he he's a winner. Like he know he knows how to dissect a defense, and yeah, he he's a he's 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 a superstar. Oh yeah, I mean, especially with today's uh, Kings defense. I mean, he, I mean, he pretty much did what he uh, <laughs> is, you know, drafted to do. Frank Kaminsky is on this team. I just is realized. he? Apparently, he's he's on the roster. Didn't play though, but Frank huh. Kaminsky is on this team. I wanted to see Bogey today actually, but it's too bad he's still in injury. He's coming back soon. So, you know, but maybe maybe when he comes to Sacramento, he'll be back. Okay. Uh, another interesting thing, the Kings really didn't shoot a lot of threes. They didn't shoot well from three, 30% this game, nine for 30. But the 30 actually stands out to me. Just, again, just, I guess, tired legs, just, could not, just couldn't get going. But, yeah, the three-point shooting hasn't been there really this, you know, this road trip so far. Like, they've had a lot of open ones, but they're not cashing in and, Again, second night of a back-to-back, I get it. But, you know, like Keegan Murray specifically is one that I really, t- like, raise an eyebrow with. He is not good on the road at all. No, indeed. Like, he hasn't had a good three-point night since, let me see, since uh, Golden State where he went five for nine that game. The rest, he he only hit one three afterwards uh, in the following four games. Yeah, he he's he's had it rough. Like something like I don't maybe it is like a fam, the family situation, but yeah, he's he's going through a little bit of a rookie slump already. You, the bet I guess the to be on the positive side, like you know, it's better to go through it now than rather like later on in the season when you know things are gonna get tighter. Like get get that shit out of the way first, and then you know come come back strong the second half of the season. Oh yeah, I could expect that bounce back for him sure. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, he is not good on the road. It's a theme. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll see if he can figure it out. Oh yeah. All right. Um, well, that's all we have for the game. Do you have anything else you want to quickly discuss? Uh sadly haven't, you know, watched any more Game of Thrones since the last time we talked. And 
last time, I mean, those two big things already kind of <laughs> uh, makes me scared for what's coming up next for, you know, the rest of the characters. Yeah, you're, you're going to be in for a lot, but um, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Hopefully you guys uh, are able to, you know, have dinner with family. Um you know, pick out some things that you are thankful for. We, of course, are thankful for the Kings. Is there anything else you are also thankful for? Mm-hmm. I mean, just living life, pretty much. I'm living pretty sure. life, enjoying life. Not going to lie, I feel like Trey Young said that during an interview today as well. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't hear it, but um, what am I thankful for? Um, yeah, thankful for life, thankful for um having having very good friends and having very good family um and also very thankful for you know what i just drew a blank i don't know what i'm thankful for anymore. maybe maybe there's nothing to be thankful for you know i'm a little bit in my head right now because the king's lost yeah they did not get to like the beam i cannot be thankful for the beam tonight yeah <laughs> i mean we'll have plenty of other chances for sure all right. Well, uh, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. If you guys don't celebrate it, happy holidays. Um, if you do get the days off, enjoy the days off because, uh, yeah, I'm off for the rest of the week. So, yeah, I'm going to have even more time to watch some more basketball. I'm enjoying a uh, Nuggets versus Thunder right now. Um, it's a fair no team. Let's see. There's no games tomorrow, right? Is there? Actually, I'm not sure. I, I doubt it. They're, I don't think they want to compete against football. So, no, there are no games. So we'll be back on Friday. And uh, the Kings will be back against the Boston Celtics, who I believe just are beating the shit out of uh, uh, Dallas. Dallas, yeah, beat the shit out of Dallas. I'll take that, Luca. Maybe I'm thankful for that. Just stick it to Luca, that <laughs> whiny little bitch. Hey, maybe you should try watching a football game tomorrow. Why? <laughs> I don't know. It's Thanksgiving. There's no other games. Why? Why? Why should I? Why should I watch a football game? There's no no other games tomorrow, other than you know the Bills, Lions, Giants, Cowboys, and Patriots and Vikings. None of those teams really interest me. I'll be honest. I, I'm not. I don't know. I, mean, the, I, I got. I got better things to do. So <laughs> I don't know. I, I'll probably do. I'll probably do some other things. Maybe I'll catch the game. I don't know what, what what fan should I become that's not the 49ers, would you say? Mm, that's that's a tough one. Well, you're gonna have to go through the list. I, I don't know like what your preferences are in terms of uh team support, I guess. Part of me maybe wants to become a Jets fan because aren't they kind of aren't they kind of bad? Uh, they're doing pretty well this season. No, I, well, then I'll be joining the bandwagon. Because uh, what you call it? I mean, the defensive, right, the uh, former defensive coordinator of uh, the 49ers, Robert Sala, is now the, what you call it, head coach of the Jets. Mm. Yeah, he's doing pretty well. That's good to hear. But uh, yeah, maybe, I'll, maybe once I pick a team, I'll actually start watching football. <laughs> but probably not going to sit down and watch. Uh, watch tomorrow just gonna do something else i mean you could be the browns fans or washington commanders fan. i don't know I, mean, I don't really want to be a cleveland fan i don't know why something about cleveland rubs me a certain way hmm. well i guess that's about it huh um yeah i got i got nothing else um 
Yeah, I'm just going to have a nice little dinner tomorrow and then do something in between. Uh, I am playing Final Fantasy right now. Um, I am playing on hard mode, so that's that's been an adventure. Oh, that sounds fun. And I think we're rambling on a little too much. I mean, you you can't come up with any more topics? No, nothing? Not really. I mean, it's it's been since yesterday since we talked Okay, so, well, I, I guess I guess there's nothing to talk about. You know what? Be thankful for having more topics to talk about. All right, thank you guys for listening to this one. We'll catch you guys back uh, after the Boston game, and hopefully, Long can come up with something to talk about. Oh yeah. Well, we'll see you guys later, and happy Thanksgiving.